Hello everyone, it's Intensap and welcome to the second episode of the NT Show. Uh, I already recorded the intro once, but I had to re-record it because that was terrible. There's not any video right now, but there will be in like 10 seconds when we get into the actual show. Uh, but I just thought I'd redo the intro. Uh, I finally got my mic working in the right position, so it should sound really good and not terrible. But that wasn't the NT Show. That, it was, sounds all right there. Um, but the old intro I did to this didn't sound great, so I redid it. And for future YouTube videos and episodes of the NT Show, my mic should sound like this. So yeah. All we're going to be doing is answering Twitter questions again. So if you do want to send in a question for the next episode, remember to send it to thentshow at outlook.com and I'll add them all to a folder on my computer and then we'll go through them with the guests. And yeah, your question will get answered. This time we've got on Retro Kaiser and G Dumgrim. I still can't say that. All right, this first one's from Budget Nostalgia. My question this time is, if you could pick any game to get a revival, what would it be? For me, it's got to be Diddy Kong Racing. Still annoyed that we didn't get Donkey Kong Racing on the GameCube. Uh, what was my answer? One of you go. I thought of my answer like yesterday when I was got them, but uh, yeah, you go. For me, my answer for what series needs a reboot, my answer is from quite an obscure series. Because it was a series that came out, well, it's not really a series. It was only like one game and one update edition for like 06, 08. And that was Togobot, a little game by Tecmo where you play as like, it's a little 3D platform where you play this guy controlling like all these little robots and you have to use them to like form magnets to get across platforms, control machines and spin around and attack enemies. I played it. When um, X Play um, back in the day reviewed and gave it an absolute, you know, bad rating, I was like, there's no way this game looks as bad as what they say. And it wasn't. It was actually quite good. <laughs> the review was quite um, not good, though, but the game itself was good. And I would love to see that, like, maybe not like a fully remake, but like an HD remaster and maybe even a second one. But yeah, that's Tokovot. All right. Um, I remembered mine. Going to go with this. The oh, um, nice. series. Uh, I've got the DS one. Um, I originally played it, and I can get past the first level. But now, I've got a bit further. Um, I haven't got the Wii one, but I just think like the definitive definitive edition for the Switch uh, will be really good. Like WarioWare Gold, they put like all the best ones. Uh, like the final one on the 3ds just pick up this new one it's the best one yeah i really like the just simple sound aspect of it should, should i go yeah <laughs> you're the only one left yeah this is super difficult uh, i was thinking one of my favorite games of all time has always been final fantasy 7 but i mean that just got the, yeah. the mm -hmm. reboot for the PlayStation 4. Uh, I would love, however, to see that one for the Switch, but it's probably an impossible one. Uh, if we look at old favorite games, one of my absolute favorite games of all time is Qbert. Ooh, nice. It's, yeah, it's so simple. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a game where you can challenge each other over a beer or something on the arcade. <laughs> Uh, so I would say a good version of Qbert 
I doubt that it would be a good version. It would probably be like, you know, you would probably hate it. So it's probably best just to leave it as it is. Yeah, I can but, I can easily see the companies turn that into a very cruddy mobile phone game. <laughs> yeah, you will you will get like the mobile games, you will get Qbert uh Qbert Dungeons, Qbert, you know, fighters, whatever. But I think it's it's one of the classics that we should see more of. So that's mm-hmm. that's the only one I can think of right now, but there's millions of good games. I, I, I can say that I think for the Nintendo Switch, there's actually, I mean, the, the majority of the games that are released are reboots or remakes of Wii games and, you know, all the games. Yeah, so I think they're, they're doing a good job of doing reboots, etc. But uh, yeah, I think we should look more at the really old arcade games and, and stuff. Yeah, I mean, most of the old arcade games stand up, but Cubit's, I think, one of those ones that don't really at all. Like, uh, the first time I actually heard of it was from Wreck-It Ralph. He makes a little appearance, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because most other old arcade games got, like, newer versions or, like, on the Switch, there's lots of, uh, like, arcade ar- archives, I think they're called. Oh, that's a great series. Just today yeah. they've released um, Kangaroo, if anyone oh. remembers that game. <laughs> would you like Would you like um, a new game, like, just updated gameplay and stuff like that, or just simple, like, the same gameplay just looks better? Uh, I would probably like the same gameplay. I don't think you you should add too much to it because it's it's the simplicity that makes it so good. All right. Uh, this next one's from Retro Break. He was on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Let's see what he's got. Hello, Nick here from the YouTube channel Retro Break. I really hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far. I had a great time on it when I was on for episode one. So definitely go back and watch that if you haven't seen it already. So anyway, my question for you guys is... What is your most prized game in possession that you've got in your collection? My one is this signed copy of Chrono Trigger that I've got here because I actually met Hironobu Sakaguchi in person. He's a designer of Chrono Trigger. And the funny thing is that when I actually met him, I was actually in form cosplay. I was Gary Oak from Pokemon. And I'll try and find a picture and put it over here. But it's just so funny that when I met one of my gaming heroes, I couldn't just meet him as myself. I was actually Gary Oak. So I just think that's a really funny little story. So I'd like to know what you guys consider your most prized possessions. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, you heard that, right? Yep, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go rush off to grab it for, um, quickly. Yeah, mine's over there. <laughs> Everyone's getting stuff at the shelves. Awesome. I'm sorry for the uh, technical <laughs> problems, but, you know, it can go smooth. That's impossible. <laughs> Not a great start, but we'll go through. All right. Um, I guess I'll start. Uh, it's not probably, I haven't got that much stuff compared to most people, uh, obviously, because I don't have an active income in a job. Um, but I'd say this. Ooh, nice. I think I showed it in the last episode, but uh, yeah, it's my big Smash Ultimate box. It came with the GameCube controller, the game and the adapter. The controller's downstairs, but you got two copies. Um, wait, I'll try and 
there's the back. Uh, so people listening on Spotify and iTunes can't hear it, but I really like the inside. Oh, all the characters and stuff. that's awesome. It's now my most played game. I put in like 310 hours in it. Yeah, I really like it. A funny story regarding that box. Yeah. That, that that's just the um, the the game box, right? Without the switch, it's just the game and the controller and the adapter, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I found that on an auction site here in in Sweden. I'm from Sweden, and uh, I thought I got a really good deal on it. And people started bidding on it, and it went up to like maybe. 280 euros 300 euros yeah and then i won the auction i think it was 300 euros and then my friend says oh that's just the game you've done a super bad deal for 300 yeah euros. Uh, but i could withdraw my my bid because uh, it didn't say that I, I think they wrote in the in the description uh, thing. you know yeah the description that it was the nintendo switch you know, it looked like it was a Nintendo Switch, so uh, I could withdraw my uh, my bids. But someone else, I think the second one, got to buy it, and they probably did a bad deal there. Yeah. So twice as much as I you could I, find it new. I think I got mine for like eighty or a hundred pounds. Uh, I got it like pre-order. So, but yeah. now it's like yeah, it's gone up to like two fifty or three hundred. But but that that's actually a super nice box that will yeah that will even if it, if it won't reach you know ten thousand dollars it will still be a nice box that if you like the game it will be priceless no matter how much it will cost so yeah I I really like that one all right oh you still to go haven't you yeah. yeah. So uh, I used to collect, uh, like have a, now I've got this small shelf of Switch games and some retro stuff up here. I can't reach it. Um, uh, I'm not sure if you can see it. Can you see my? Yeah, we can see it. Yeah. There, I've got some, (laughs) some retro machines there. Retro handhelds that I've built. And... uh, I used to collect mostly handheld back in the days. Uh, so I had this huge, uh, huge collection of like, I think it was 27 systems and well over a thousand games. It wasn't fun. Now I collect because I want to collect games that I actually play. So um, my most prized possession is probably this one. Ooh. I don't know about that. It's a nice one. That's a uh, lovely looking um, box. It reminds me of the old PC game boxes. Yeah. The big ones, yeah. Mm. It's, if you look at the, the collectors, uh, from, a, from a collector's point of view, you would need one of these uh, plastic boxes to put outside, to put this in, because this will, you know, tear up and, and look kind of crappy after a few years You've seen mine, but, so. yeah and i'm also kind of sad that this one it's it's a super nice collection but it actually when i unbox this one 
it actually broke my heart to see it like this. <laughs> do do your boxes you, ever come like what you want it to? <laughs> yeah, just... it, it broke and, you know, and I, I tried to contact uh, Limited Run, but they wouldn't help me, unfortunately, since uh, it was... Um, Shipping. Yeah, it, it was out of the, I think it, it's a 30-day, uh, uh, you know, period where you can, you know, refund it, stuff like this. Mm -hmm. But it's a still still a, a beautiful collection. It's got some awesome stuff in it, and the game is fantastic. Have you played it? No, I haven't. I can't say I've played that one. It's, I've never been able to afford that one at the moment. Waiting for it to go on sale in like a good Nintendo or Steam sale. Yeah, get the game, just the game, or or the the, you know, the eShop version because this is a fantastic game. Uh, apparently, yeah, apparently they're up to something more with River City Girls. It's a super fun game. So uh, yeah, this is my most prized possession, both value and uh, uh, regarding the actual box. I I think it it's got some cool stuff in it. Yeah, uh, I mean, with those super rare and limited run boxes, collector editions, you have to get it when it comes out, or yeah. you're gonna have to pay like triple the price on eBay. Mm. Yeah, and you you can you can take a guess what I did. <laughs> uh, all right, this one's from VG Mobster. Uh, hey, hey, you forgot me! It. You forgot me! Oh no, no, wait, go! <laughs> all right, go. <laughs> Um, yes, I've got a, I've been collecting retro games and modern games for a very long time now. I've got like tons of, um, common items, rare items, but there's only one item that I consider my most prized possession. It also happens to be one of the most beat up items in my collection because I've had, had it on my shelf for such a long time. And that is the Resident Evil 4 chainsaw Ooh. controller. Oh, that's a classic. I've never seen it in so. that box. I've just seen it as a chainsaw. Yeah, as you can see, it is quite beat up. Trust me, when I bought this, all the stickers were on there, but you know, with all the moving and whatnot, they've just all fallen off over the years. There's a particularly ghastly image for you. That, that's a classic. I love that one. Yeah, age restricted. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading about this in um, Cube magazine back in 2004, 2005. Actually, it was probably more 2005 because that's when the game came out. I was like, I got to get that. I got to get that controller. Only to find out that the GameCube version of this, which was yellow, this is the PS2 version, which is, I don't know if you can see, it's orange. I've never yeah. taken it out of this box. Um, the yellow controller got banned in Australia. And there was, um, I was like, oh, poopy. But in 2006, when the PS2 controller came out, it was unbanned in Australia for a short amount of time. Only I found out that it was, it was like re-banned in Australia like a few months later. Look at that. That's fallen off a bunch of times. I've taped that back on. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'm not selling this. This is my baby. And the other thing I like about this box is... Oh, let me see. Is it working? There. There you go. That's where the cord is, right on that little shelf. Yeah, I wonder just, how it stands up as an actual controller. Yeah. I do, you, do you think it's playable? Test, <laughs> no. But 
if I remember correctly, the way it works is you have to hold it like down, like you're walking with it, but when you hold it up, it's meant to have some sort of motion sensor to it that aims the gun. So it is, so it's meant motion sensor, but I could begin to confuse with the Final Fantasy X2 gun controller. But yeah, the thing that I just fell in love with this is just like the detail, the chainsaw. I mean, it's a freaking chainsaw and it's all covered in blood. Like there's a lot of charm, gruesome charm to someone who's like a fan of violent and horror, horror stuff. Like this is just an absolute dream to have. I got it back in the day and I don't regret it. It's been part of my life for, um, you know um, what? 13 years now. You, you, you know that you would be the coolest guy if you started playing the, the, the tour uh, in Smash with that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, funny enough, um, the most ridiculous um, controller I used in a fighting game was... Um, the was um, I used a Guitar Hero 2 controller to play um, Dead or Alive 4, and I was winning, believe it or not. I was actually winning. And the, the funny thing is, because when you tilt up to activate Star Power in Dead or Alive 4, it just like activates like a preset combo, which is just great because it absolutely stomps a mud hole in your opponent. So it's sort of like you're cheating when you're using this. <laughs> I love that. I think that that's the way people should play it or play, you know, just fighting games with a steering wheel. Or have you seen those guys that, that did? Yeah. Uh, did you like Dark Souls? Control? I'd love to see someone win a tournament with a Dance Dance Revolution map. That, could, that would be uh, cool. Yeah. Or maybe like Dance Dance Revolution map and then holding the chainsaw in your, in your hands. <laughs> just. Be like... That seems like a controller you just... that you spare one. So you'd use the actual controller and then you haven't got another one. So you just give that to your friend. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. All right. Uh, I know what this question is. I need to go and get something for it, but I'll put it on the screen because um, mine's all the way downstairs. Uh, there we go. What's going on, everybody? It's the VG Mobster here. My question to you guys today is: What are the top three indie Switch games you guys could recommend? Thanks for answering the question, guys. Peace. All right. Um, who hasn't started? Matt, right? Yeah. Uh, my favorite indie games. Uh, give me a few and I will. Um, I got my Switch to look. Sorry? I got my Switch to look in my library and see because I'll probably forget loads. It's okay. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> My steam here. Here's somewhere too. Uh, I would probably say uh, there's there's so many good indie games. Uh, I prefer the indie rather than uh, like the triple A titles because it's one the price. It's usually cheaper, and number two, it's usually made out of love for something. You know. Yeah. Camera, yeah. The the games are usually made out of love, but I would say right now it's the A eleven hole A Valhalla. It's oh, yeah. this game. 
fantastic game. It's a visual novel, but the art oh, style right. is, is just so cool. So check that out. Uh, we also have the, let me see here if I can find it. 2064 is another favorite. Nice. That's yeah. a super game. If you haven't played it, get it ASAP. And I would say, um, last one, uh, let's go for Pedro. Oh, wait, my friend. My friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one. Did you do a review on that? I'm pretty sure I saw something. Sorry? Did you do a review on the game? Or uh, you sent me something about it. I, I, I did an unboxing of this one. Uh, yeah, that's it, that's it. Uh, so check it out on our channel if you want to. Uh, brilliant game. It's it's kind of short. I'm I'm in the last like uh, the almost the last level, and I'm 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 having a hard time finishing it. But it's it's a brilliant game, and uh, it, it was made by a Swedish guy, just one guy called Victor, and I, I think it's it's a, an awesome game. So those are my favorites right now, but there's so many, like most of the indie games that are released are good in some way. Yeah. Uh, all right, Retro Kaiser, it's you. Surprise, I play a lot of indie games. Surprisingly, I don't play that much on a Nintendo Switch, which is a shame because there's a lot of good ones on there. Okay, see you guys. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But if I have to give the, the best one, because I can probably only give one, because the other indie game that I've really played on um, Nintendo Switch was an absolute terrible one. It was... <laughs> but I don't think you want to hear about the terrible um, indie Switch games. You only want to hear about the good ones. Yeah. And that good good one is um, Cave Story. Yes. I don't know about that. Uh, it's a great little Metroidvania platform. We're playing like this little robot and you have to save like this race of like rabbit people or something like that for like it, it's really quite clever especially with the way some of the um, gun power-ups work for example you can upgrade like your gun to like a machine gun and when you like jump in the air you fire on the ground like it levitates you up like a jetpack like it, it, the little things like that and like hmm? wasn't that released like a, a free game for the pc i be, i believe so because it was released quite is a long called, time ago is it called now Cave Story Plus. Yeah, that would be on um, the Switch version. Yeah, all right. The PayPal version. That makes sense. It's a great one, that one. I originally played that one on the PC. That's one I like to um try to play, like, complete once a year because that's how good of a game it is. I have played it on the Switch, and it is really well ported onto the Switch. So that one's definitely worth a go. In fact, that's a game that's worth buying on any console that you have. Get Cave Story on every single console that you have because that is a classic. You're going to love playing that over and over and over again. Have you got any favorites that aren't on the Switch? Uh, on Steam, whatever. On Steam? Um, basically, um, um, a lot of the ones I do have on PC are also on the Switch. I just never played the Switch versions of it. Like I, I would like love Octodad. That's a great one. Actually, is that on the Switch? Is Octodad on the Switch? 
I think I, so. Yeah. I think so. It, it should be on the Switch, darn it. It's a great game. It's a game we play in like a, as like a, yeah, yeah. I think everyone knows what Octodad is. You're playing as like an octopus pretending to be a human, but he's moving around awkwardly with the, and he plays ultra slip, slippery on purpose and you have to deal with the controls. Sort of feels like a weird Animaniac sort of cartoon at the same time. Um, what else have I played? There's, I've played a lot of games. It's hard to keep track of them all, believe it or not. Oh. Um, this is going to be a controversial pick. Ukulele. Love ukulele. That's the... That's it. Look, that's the collectathon game that's... That was originally supposed to be... What the... Oh, what someone was grabbing my shoulders, just my... Just the top of my costume. Ketchup muscles. It harkens back to the um, old days of collectathons, back when the collectathon games were good, like Banjo Kazooie, Super Mario 64, but not Donkey Kong 64. Donkey Kong 64 stinks, but that's for a different time whatsoever. But anyway, that's mm. those are my answers. I don't want to drag this question out. <laughs> uh. I had I had ukulele. Uh, uh, I didn't really like it, so I sold it. Um, <laughs> I heard that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I want to say I don't really like like 3D collectathons, but then Mario Odyssey is like my favorite game, so yep. I guess that's just an exception. Uh, it just depends on how they're done because a lot of those collectathons can get incredibly tedious, especially with ukulele. How they put like these important items in such these obscure spots. That's one of the things I didn't like about the game. Is like you really have to um search for the entire level with a fine tooth comb just to find that one item that you may have missed. Is They're the sequel world, isn't they? Is that more yes. 2D? That's the only thing I've seen that about it. That plays more like um, a Donkey Kong Country game. And funny enough, I didn't like that one as much as the original one, but everyone else seemed to love that one. Sort of um, a weird taste for that series. All right. Um, I mean, mine are on... Steam, just also on the Switch, but it's the same versions. Uh, good art styles, I mean Cuphead. Uh, mm-hmm. I've only played the first world, but I can't really add anything to what's already been said. The art style is obviously amazing, and I really like the die, but every time you get a little bit further, so then you eventually do it. Um, what else is there? Uh, oh yeah, Johnny Rocket. It's that Kickstarter game. I got a review code from the company. Um, I've backed it on Kickstarter. Don't know if you've seen it, but uh, I've oddly enough never heard of that game. All right, yeah. I mean, it's pretty big Kickstarter. It got like way over the goal, I think. Um, yeah, and then one for the actually for the Switch. Or is it Astro Bears? I don't know. <laughs> oh, that game! I've, it's like I've seen that. p It's really good for 99 p at least. Uh, it's really simple. Like you both are on a planet, um, and you have like these line. This line coming out of you. I don't really know what it is. Um, you just go around, not touch your own line, your opponent's line, and then most longest time surviving wins, and then all your points add up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's this crappy microphone. Uh, I was gonna say that I, I think there's so many good games coming out. It's like five years ago or ten years ago, indies was you know 
it wasn't the amount of indies that you see today. Today, everyone can make a game. And I think we get some some crappy titles, but we also get some super, super cool titles. So it's a, it's a perfect time to, uh, you know, collect and enjoy games. Yeah. I mean, that's why the Switch is doing so well as well. Um, obviously, there's a whole point about no virtual console. That's why indies are doing so well. Because... Uh, if people have the choice between a random game they've never heard of for five pounds and then like Super Mario 64 for five pounds, obviously they're going to go with Super Mario 64. Um, oh yeah, That's, uh, there's another game it's called Squidlet on the Switch, which is really good. Uh, it's like a Game Boy style game. It's got like a green tint to it. Uh, yeah, um, it's only supposed to last like 20 minutes, but I spent like 40 minutes and I still haven't done it. Just like speaking to every like, person. And if you like um, little retro, um, little neo retro games like that, they use like the old school Game Boy graphics. One you might like is called Jack and Jill DX. It's like a little automatic running puzzle game. We have to get one character to the other, and it uses that ultra cool um, old school Game Boy graphics. That's another one that goes for really cheap, but it's like super fun, really fun. So fun that I had to buy that one on all the consoles that I had as well. Okay. All right, this is my uncle. <laughs> um, he watched it last episode and then he wanted to send in, send in a question. It's only audio, so in the final thing, I'll put a video over the top. But uh... Universal Studios has built a Mario-themed theme park, which is due to open soon in Tokyo. What other game franchises would you love to see given the same treatment and what rise would there be? All right, yeah, it's you to go first as well. Yep, um, a Crash Bandicoot world where you get to run around like these um, bin corridors, smash crates, collect all the fruit. <laughs> and also I'd love to see some more. Um, I'd like to see the return of Sega world. Bring back Sega world. With like all the Sega themed um, areas, the Sega themed playthings, although. Isn't that in Dubai or somewhere? Um, it used to be in um, Sydney down here in Australia. Sadly, I was never able to go because it shut down when me and my family were like planning on going there, which stinks because it looked like such a fun place. Full of like all these arcade machines, all this fun imagery, all this fun underneath this big blue dome. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's another. Like, a. Yeah, if we got like a Nintendo theme one, we've got to have a Sega one. Yeah, um, I think I'll just do really well because instead of one franchise, you have loads to go off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there is one in Dubai. Um, I think there must be a few, but <laughs> not in Sydney, I guess. Um, I don't know. I think Animal Crossing would be interesting just to go around, but that wouldn't really be a whole theme park. You can't really do anything. You just look like What's it called? A monorail. That would be good for it because you just go around and see everything. But you couldn't really... That sounds, that sounds scary. I don't want to be walking around only to be mugged by um, some guy in a Tom Nook costume. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think Zelda, uh, obviously the Mario one. Um, what could they have? Crossbow training. Uh, fishing, I think there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's just like the most diverse sort of things in the world if you compare it to the other big franchises uh, i i would say uh you know 
a super meat boy world. Oh, nice. <laughs> that would be safe. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, uh, I was thinking of, of like Pokemon world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, yeah. You know, throw balls and, and see all these. <laughs> yeah. See someone walking around in a big giant Pikachu costume, you grab like a, a big like toy ball and just go, come here, Pikachu. <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would be sick. Would I was be... actually, yeah, I was actually thinking of that a couple of weeks ago. Um, why is that not a thing? Because it seems it's something really easy to do. If you just sort of make uh, like a whole world and an environment different, like terrains, uh, like like Pokemon to scale and in the right environment, that would sell like crazy. Yeah. Oh, oh, if we're adding, if we're adding on, take, oh, get this, take all like the little Nintendo franchise and put them like, like in a Smash Brothers theme one called Smash World. We can have like F-Zero bumper carts, um, the crossbow things, throwing Pokeballs. Like you can make an entire arcade based on these little characters from like the Smash games. It's sort of like yeah. what is at Disney World. It's just like one, uh, like one area for each sort of franchise. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get like you know how you get like those arcade machines where it tests your strength. You can call it like the Falcon Punch Simulator. <laughs> that would actually be super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What else? What else could they do? Um, oh, there's so many. Uh, Splatoon, I guess. Like one of those, you know, little Splatoon water pistol paintball. things. <laughs> that would oh, be cool. You know, there's like little water stands where you have like the targets that you shoot and it sprays stuff back at you or i think like a uh, real life uh rosalina's observatory that'd be really cool it's like a planetarium i think that's what it's called a, a complete nintendo world would be super cool you could uh, or nintendo could uh, add whatever you know areas they want uh i'm not too stoked about the Super Mario World, the theme park. Uh, I would rather go to, you know, Zelda World or something, or Pokemon World. But uh, yeah, I don't know why they, I don't know why they did a Mario World instead of a Nintendo World. Uh, surely it make more sense to do a Nintendo World. At least the future they can add on stuff. Yeah, maybe uh, they didn't have enough um, faith that Nintendo, as its own, would do. Also, they probably played it so safe that they just picked Mario to start off with. If Mario World is super successful, I reckon then they'll add in like all these other Nintendo franchises into it. So the same thing. Apparently, they didn't have enough trillions, so they had to to borrow some from Elon Musk to build this Mario World. So uh, apparently, they don't earn any money. Uh, 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 that's sad. I mean, it shows how dedicated like Nintendo is because I don't think like with the new uh, like uh, PlayStation and Xbox, I just don't think they would open up something that just lose money in. Although there was the uh, Halo Museum or something like that last year. I think there's something like that. But but the thing is is they have uh, Nintendo's franchises are so strong. Mm-hmm. So if you to Microsoft or Sony doing like a 
Xbox world. I think yeah. it's also because Nintendo is obviously more family friendly. Uh, not many kids will be taking them to just the world. Yeah, sort of that's that's true. Halo. Yeah, parents will be awfully afraid to take their kids to something like Rockstar World with like the Grand Theft Auto ride, the, the Manhunt Express, the, the Red Dead Redemption <laughs> playground. People will be terrified to take their kids there. Yeah, but the thing is also, uh, you have a lot of people that know about GTA or Red Dead Redemption, but it, it's not as mainstream as Mario or mm. Pokemon. Yeah. So I mean, a Sony world that would that would talk to certain people, uh, as uh, you know, a Nintendo world that would, you know, speak to more people. It's like Legoland, right? Mm. Uh, if you compare Legoland to Harry Potter, that Harry Potter thing, I yeah. think uh, Legoland is more, you know. For, for a broader audience. See what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I do like the detail they put in Mario World, though. Have you seen the urinals? They're like piranha plant heads. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see the next question. Uh, all right. We'll go with Sega Master Tim. Hello, Sega Master Tim here. So my question is, what is the most treasured thing that you have in your gaming collection that is neither a console, a game, or a or a um, peripheral like a controller or that? For me, mine is very unique, and I've mentioned this a few times in random posts about uh, my letters, my letters that I received from my pen pal who was working for Sega of America back in the late 80s. Her name was Judy, and we built a great relationship, a great friendship, Um, and this was before the internet. I keep these letters to this day because they hold such fond memories for me, and I have everything to thank to to Judy to help me get the job at Sega. Um, Yeah, so tell me, what is your most treasured item in your collection? I'm keen to know. Hey, okay. Um, To me, it's just, I'll show you and then uh, explain it. There we go. Uh, Two things, one gaming related and one not. My metal metal Breath of the Wild poster. it was. I got it for Christmas. Uh, it was really good. Um, it's really sturdy, and obviously the artwork is amazing. And then there we go. My South Park wall. Um, mm, we've printed nice. off a massive like, South Park background. So I just traced and coloured in loads of characters. Uh, yeah, I, I I really like all the posters and stuff I have in my room. Uh, oh jeez, the decorations. That's one of the best things. I'm just I'm waiting for him to go next. <laughs> yeah, uh, is Mike's messed up again? Mike, there we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah, should I go? Yeah. This, this is probably. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. oh. Christ possessions. <laughs> it's a binder of all the old 
like ah oh, nice retro stuff like uh, this is stuff i still have like swedish swedish magazine like this sega force in swedish from 92 uh, we have uh, like this this is super cool i used to have this system when i when i collected the old nintendo stuff can you still hear me mm -hmm. yeah awesome new record this, this was a, a sales system for the the nes this oh, was released nice. in sweden only i think and i used to have this system like a display system so th this was super cool yeah oh that's, that's that looks awesome can you see this <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah i wish I, I wish i had one of those in my house yeah i i, I know that that uh, like 10 years ago this this poster holder just this one would cost like two three hundred euros Ooh. complete system of this is probably today worth you know like this, ten thousand maybe. I don't know. Let's say it'll cost more than um, putting a new kitchen put into your house. Yeah. How big is it? If if you would uh, if you would want to collect, this is what it should look like. So yeah, the the whole binder here is is old memories. Like I have these. I've been I've been thinking, should I sell this? this folder or should i keep it this is like old atari 2600 uh, uh marketing real, real good condition too that's brilliant yeah like, oh nice i've got a, i should probably do that because i've just got random stuff everywhere <laughs> yeah like that's good these old comics from atari and Man, they're the in really good force. condition so uh, yeah give me a, a good good bid and i might sell it <laughs> it's got some localized swedish stuff in here um yeah so so this is probably my most prized possession if you don't look at the games mm. All right. Okay. My most prized possession is a. Um, again, it's it's kind of like a um, collection that he has over there. Instead, it's a like a different sort of um, video game media. Um, instead of like flyers, magazines, and what mine are incredibly elite. It's a oh. Mine is an incredibly niche collection, and it's video game videotapes, like the old VHS tapes, but video game theme oh. ones, like promotional nice. material like this is one of those like fan-made ones in japan which before youtube people actually did record the gameplay and traded them on video this is an awesome combo tape of um guilt guilt uh, yeah guilty gear footage like getting all the best combos like that's another one like i got like a bunch of official ones too from the companies like um some virtual fighter tournaments there's, you would not believe how many Virtual Fighter videotapes there were released in Japan. Like, so many that each character from the game got their own individual videotape based on them. 
is another combo tape for um, Street Fighter EX. I think this one comes with a little, yeah, some of them come with like little books in them, like little guidebooks. I don't, I don't know why Guile was upside down, no. Yeah, I like the video game theme, videotapes. And this other one is like something you'll never find official. Like this one's just a flat up bootleg and that is someone taped off of TV in Japan. The infamous band um, Porygon episode of Pokemon. All right, it's reversed for me. Uh, but yeah, yeah. This thing's yeah. good because it still has... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, have you watched that episode? I'm too afraid to. I don't want to wind up in the hospital. I, but yeah, I you, actually, sh- you shouldn't. No. That will F you up completely. Yeah, it even has like a little thing on the back saying, warning, this is the infamous episode sent children in the hospital. Um, but the thing I like about this is it still has all the commercials in. So when I actually did pop in to see if it actually was the episode, it actually popped up like a big 1996 commercial for Pokemon cards. Like, oh, he's Pokemon in this really horrendous um, CG that's aged terribly. Oh, yeah, that's why it was banned. <laughs> oh, we can't have Onyx looking that bad and all those Porygons. And Polygon, <laughs> Porygon, that's the <laughs> Polygons. But yeah, I love stuff like that. Very, very niche stuff. But unfortunately, it can become quite an expensive hobby because some, some of these tapes are like worth a lot of money. Because I got a Street Fighter free tournament tape for like $100. Believe it or not, that was like on sale from like Believe it or not, that tape is worth like $300 onwards. So to get that for $100 is quite cheap. But no, I just love my video tapes and one of my video game media on tapes. It's it's so awesome just going through the time machine and just seeing what it was like back then. Yeah, I think I have a like Sega CD tape somewhere. Nice. Um, where you can see like Batman and, and old classics from for the Sega CD. Uh, I think I got it somewhere. Nice. Maybe that's worth like 10000 or something. <laughs> so at some point I tried to uh, get all like those like, video game movies. Um, mm. I thought I've only got like two or three. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've got... Uh, I think I tried to get all the terrible ones. So I've got Mortal Kombat. Um, <laughs> uh, I, th- I Speed think... Speed Fighter. Maybe, maybe I think I've got uh, if, Tomb Raider, but you, that's not bad. Not that if you bad. want a, if you want a terrible video game movie, um, buy um the House of the Dead live action movie. That is oh. terrifically. I still awful. need to watch the Mario movie. Uh, the oh, one. that's a, that's another bad one, but that's also one that's also so ridiculously fun to watch at the same time, like a good bad B movie. All right, my my favorite bad movie must be. Dead or Alive or Street Fighter, I think. Nice. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're so bad. Mm. Okay. Uh this one's from Jude. Hey Benjamin. How are you doing? I hope you're well. I've got a question for you. And Chloe's hanging out too. Um What's one of your favorite games that every time you take a break from it, instead of starting or picking up where you left off, you just <laughs> you start the game over from scratch? For me, it's uh, it's Stardew Valley. 
I have never made it past uh, summer year two. I've got four farms on my main switch and then one farm on my switch light. And I'm not gonna lie, if I were to start playing it right now, I'd probably start over again. <laughs> one of these days I'll see my dead grandpa. <laughs> Alright, Judo. Who's it to go first? I'll go first. Alright, yeah, you go for me, first. To me, that, that game always has to be Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Every time I start a new game, it's like, oh, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm really getting into it. But then I just save it and don't get back for it for a while. And by the time I do right. get back from it, it's like, what the heck? Where the heck am I meant to go? I'm lost. So I just end up starting a new game of it all over again. And rinse and repeat. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um, I think that happens with a lot of games. That's, I mean, I, happened, I did that with Breath of the Wild, but more so because I, I just did everything wrong and not how I was supposed to. I uh, just literally went straight to it without exploring. So, uh, But I think Pokemon. Um, yeah, I mean, every time... I play it, I play it for like first gym, whatever. And then I stop and then come back to it in a couple of months and then, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I would say Pokemon as well. Um, I played uh, Pokemon uh, Shield uh, like 250 hours. <laughs> and then I tried to play Sword. I played it through almost till the end once. Next time I played it, I played it till the end. And then I played like 20 hours again. So I've played that like three times. Um, so yeah, I would say Sword, Pokemon Sword. I mean, the only Pokemon game I've actually finished is Pokemon Sword, no, Pokemon Shield. Um, yeah. But I've got lots i'd say like four yeah i think four other ones i need to i've got and started um but i never really get like past the first second gym because once i do that uh i'm like i'm all pokemon out uh, so i stop playing it and then i pick it back up and then i restart and then choose a different starter different team same point and then yeah because for me I, I like the games but I just couldn't play it for like that long. There's something about it, like I don't know. I like Pokemon, but uh, it doesn't it doesn't top like Mario or Zelda or whatever. I I, I think it, they could be slightly better, but I've actually played Shield. Uh, I completed the Pokedex. I got all the extra legendaries that's not in there. So it's something like 450 in total, 50 extra. And then now I'm basically just collecting the shinies. So, um, yeah. Did I've you been get the, playing it a lot. Did you get the DLC? Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it took like five hours to clear that one. So uh, I, I didn't enjoy it too much. Mm. I, did, I didn't get it. Um, I might get it eventually, but I'm not really bothered. Uh, it's it's good, but it's too short. I mean, you, you want something longer than five, six hours. I mean, there is a lot of part going, but how much was it? Like 20? Yeah, I think 30 for both of them. Ooh, mm. That's that's not that's great. Too much for so, for so little. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather just buy like the same game just with DLC, uh, like an enhanced version, better game uh, frame rate. That's it. Yeah, I'd much rather buy that than just digital. Like, <laughs> that's ridiculous. The price though. All right, this one's from Stewie. Hey, me, uh, Stewie here. I just wanted to throw you a wee question out for your show. Uh, I was just saying to myself, right, you've just had your birthday. You've just been gifted £200. How would you spend that money on either retro games or current games? Uh, just, I'm curious to see what you would come up with uh, with regards to what you would purchase with a nice wee bag of money. So have a good one, pal, uh, and take care of yourself. Bye for me. Mm. Uh, I'll start. I think the obvious thing is just uh, whatever... If I'm interested in a new Switch game that's coming out in a few months, I'm just going to pre-order that just to get it out of the way. Don't have to worry about it. Just I know that's coming. Um, that's what I did with Paper Mario. It's coming out tomorrow. Um, I actually muted Paper Mario from my Twitter just so I don't see any spoilers. Um, but I don't know. It really depends. Like Sometimes I'll just save it all. Sometimes i just like spend loads and loads of things from eBay useless things uh, but yeah I guess if I'm just if I want to get a game a Switch game I'll get that and then if I want to get like a £20 game I don't know I don't know I'd probably I mean right now I'd buy a new console I'd buy an N64 um, nice because I kind of just want to get all the consoles and then I don't have to worry about it because then it's just a lot easier to get the games um, but yeah, I think if it's a Switch game coming out, it's in the next four months, I'll just pre-order it right then, because I don't have to worry about anything. For me, I'd use that £200 to buy like a really expensive retro game that I could never typically afford, like Radiant Silver Gun for the Sega Saturn. That's a game that I could never afford with my regular pay, and not in a million years, but if someone gifted me like the, the large sum of money with like, you know, the big dollar sign or pound sign on it I'm going to use that money I'm going to buy that game and I'm going to enjoy playing that game well unless it's a bad game then I probably won't enjoy but yeah <laughs> I'll be easy to scratch off one of those my gaming bucket list games as I'd say that's a good game uh, I would probably get the limited run games big boxed version of Luminous it's oh, nice. about that size. Have you seen it? Is it really that big? Like a vinyl, I think. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's the size of a vinyl. I haven't seen it, but I've seen it online, and it's like 170 or something. Ooh. Uh, if you buy it secondhand, uh, that or I would get, um, I would get the messenger in that nice box from Special Reserve Game. Good game, good game. Yes, and Downwell, because I love the boxes. Oh, that's another great one. That's good games, right? Mm. And if I could afford it, I would get this the same type of box for a minute. So that would be, uh, I think that would be a bit more than 200, but maybe someone is nice and will give me a discount. So yeah, yeah. that would my 
my games because I, I think they're just beautiful, these boxes and uh, pretty cool games. I don't think I'd spend it on one big thing. Because uh, the amount of things, like little things I can get um, with that amount of money. Um, yeah, but I guess if you want to get one big thing, that's probably the time to do it because you have the opportunity. So it's not like you're going to get £200 just to spend any other time. Well, most of the times. So. All right, we'll do this one now. This one's from my brother. <laughs> um, he really wanted to send one in. He sent one in last time. So, yeah. Hi, guys. I've got another question for you. What is the longest period of time that you've ever played a game for? My answer is completely ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> it, was during, it was during a night when I was like 18, 19 years old, maybe 20 at most. And um, I could not sleep. I drank way too much Pepsi, way too much Pepsi. So I was up like all night. And I spent the entire night, which was like from like 9 p.m. to like 9 a.m. So 12 hours straight, just playing. <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but the, the NES classic game, Bible Games. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. I don't know why. It was just the only thing I had on my computer at, at the time. And I was just like, I can't sleep. I might as well play this. Why am I playing this? Oh, I can't get to sleep. I'd much rather be sleeping right now. But Did you have to play it multiple times or is it a long game? <laughs> Oh, no, I was just dreadful at it. I mean, it's a, a, a couple of thousand years old story, so, I mean, it takes some time. Yeah. Right? Trying to collect Present all those theory. animals that are just slipping out of your hand. It's <laughs> just... It's an awful, awful game. No one should be put through that amount of torture. <laughs> Maybe it's the world record. Longest amount of time I... spent playing the Bible game. Yeah. Well, but I thought well, that's the world record category. <laughs> it certainly felt like one <laughs> would probably be uh, Final Fantasy 7 at the release back in 97 I think it was I'm a bit older so I was probably 23 or something and uh, we basically played it from start to finish with breaks just to eat and you know go to the toilet and i think nice. we yeah i think we did it in 33 hours or something that's and, not bad so it was probably over a weekend but uh, yeah that's that's probably the longest i've been sitting with the game no i mean mine's not really long at all now um i i have this thing where if i play a game for like an hour or an hour and a half i just get bored of it um, so I go and do something else. Uh, it, didn't you talk about that game that only took like 20 minutes? You, you talked about a game that took only like 20 minutes. Oh yeah, uh, Squidlet. Yeah, so yeah this, that's your record then, 40 minutes? Yeah. Um, I think probably about like four hours maybe. Um, yeah. uh, but I mean... That's probably like at a friend's house playing Smash Bros or something like that. I think with breaks, it's like seven hours or eight hours. When I first played Mario Odyssey, I was really trying to get to the end. So, yeah. But uh, I don't like spending like way too long on one game. Um, 
that's why in like one day I'll play like seven different games. Uh, <laughs> I just get bored of it. I don't know. I understand that feeling. I, I usually feel the, the same. It might be that games today are different from games 20 years ago. Um, and it's it's rare to find a game that actually draws you in for an extended period of time. So I, I, I think it's because to do with the online and stuff as well. Yeah. Like, uh, just If I go on Mario Maker and just play people's levels, I'll just get bored because there's no like real... It's not anything to do. I'm just basically distracting myself, I guess. But um, then I think like, the longest period of time I played it was like four hours last week with Mario Galaxy. Um, yeah, I think if it's like a real story game um, and then just co- continues on, then I'm more likely to play it. Compared to something like Luigi's Mansion, I'll just do one floor and go off. But if it's like continuous, then I'll play it for longer. If you really want to play, if you really want to play a game, they'll they will spend hours on try playing the Yakuza games. I literally spent eight hours just trying to complete one side quest, and I wasn't even halfway done after that session. That's a good game. Mm. Games. I mean, I kind of find it hard to uh, get just drawn into a game. Um, I mean, I think. Yeah, uh, I guess it's because like the amount of things around me. I've got my phone there, my computer here, um, and on my Switch, I have to play it in portable. I can't use headphones, which I think is a big part of it, because um, obviously like, you're focused on it. But uh, my headphones won't reach my Switch dock, which is a problem. So, yeah. But what's What's the game that has got you the most hooked? Like, I can't put this game down. What game is that? Uh, I'd say Mario Odyssey on my first playthrough. Yeah. Uh, Where you, you just want to get home from school or your job and you just want to play more. Is that Mario Odyssey? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, it's also with like online games. I know I just said it bad, but it's also, it's if I come home from school and obviously all my, all my friends are on it, I'm excited to come home and then I'll play that and took like a few hours. Um, but it's just with yourself on Mario Maker doing useless things. Yeah. I don't know what my point was, but hopefully that made sense. <laughs> All right. We've got one last question. Hey everyone, this is Colonel Falcon. Uh, I have a question. Um, this year we will probably see the PS5 and maybe even the Xbox Series X. And I was wondering, um, when do you think uh, systems or gaming as we know it will cease to exist I mean I think the better question is will it um, I think there's a bigger risk of um, humanity dying out before gaming will cease to exist I mean unless the government goes super evil and starts breaking into people's houses and smashing all of their consoles even then that won't stop gaming gaming is that strong people will find like underground resistance built with their own collection, just spending get spending time playing games. Gaming is strong, and yeah, I don't think it'll it'll die. Not, well, not for a well, it'll outlast humanity, I reckon. I I I think that we will see a shift in in uh, the the console area, uh, like. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not interested at all in the PS5 or the new Xbox. I, I don't know anything about it, but I don't need more graphics. I don't need more of everything. I don't need more Ubisoft games or EA games. Um, uh, I'm, I'm one of these guys that appreciate games going back to being like retro and having like a SNES aesthetic and working on gameplay more. So I think, I think the Switch, the Nintendo Switch did that possible. They, they didn't take a huge step regarding resolution like 4K or 8K. They worked on the gameplay instead. So to me, the, the PS4 and the P, uh, no, the, sorry, the PS5 and the Xbox, it's, it's nothing that's, you know, it doesn't do anything for me. And, and I think the change will come when more and more people appreciate simpler games. Uh, the change will also come right now when people stop doing physicals. You get systems without a drive. Um, and that's, that's when I think gaming is like, uh, what do you say? It's like a hamburger, like a McDonald's hamburger. You buy a game, you play it, and then you go on to the next. Mm -hmm. To me, gaming, uh, part of gaming is also this, collecting games and, you know, having the physical. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it's already started to change, but I don't think there will ever not be consoles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think? Um, well, well, I mean, this is kind of... Uh, yeah, you go, you go. Well, without consoles, there's nothing to play on. I mean, are people going to um, ma create magic um, laser rays that just zaps the game into your brain? Even then, the laser ray would be a console itself. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is kind of like last time's question about digital and the future of gaming. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think consoles will be around forever, but I think some form of gaming will be because uh, yeah I mean the switch that, that's like that's doing really well just because like the simple factor to it um, but I mean you're saying about the graphics um, Nintendo switch focus on the graph no not the graphics <laughs> focus on the fun and not the graphics that's kind of like the whole thing Nintendo's about really um, that's why I like them because they don't focus on the newest graphics, the most realistic graphics. Um, they just focus on what's fun. They're definitely going to be underpowered, but, but it doesn't matter. Uh, what was that? I had like the Wii has the same power as a PS2 or, I, or maybe a PS1. But um, yeah, I don't know what my point is. You, you, you could compare it to, to the, the mobile phone. Uh, business like before the iphone everyone was talking about our camera is better uh, we have this much amount of memory you know and we bought a phone it was basically just a slight difference in the keypads etc but then they they were chasing better hardware then the iphone came out and apple didn't talk about what kind of processor you have, what kind of, you know, graphics units, etc. 
uh, it's basically the same with, the, with, with their laptops. They don't focus on what kind of hardware they do have. That's the difference I see with the, with the gaming industry. Sony and Microsoft, they focus how many teraflops they can shuffle. But I mean, to, to these 100 million people or whatever that bought the Nintendo Switch, how many do you think care about how many teraflops the Switch can shuffle? If, if Nintendo would say, ah, the, the Switch 2, it, it can shuffle like 23 trillion polygons at a time. I don't think that that matters at all. It's, it's about the games and how you interact with them. Exactly, because I know the thing that made me buy a Nintendo Switch wasn't the hardware specs. It was, oh, look, Mario's on there. I want to play that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Mario would look much, much, much better on the PS5, but I'm not interested. Oh, that'd be weird. Yeah, um, it's <laughs> completely realistic, but I, I think a lot of gamers are not after that. A lot of gamers, they, they are after that. They want to play uh, Call of Duty with super realistic graphics, but that's not me. I mean, that fits that style of game. Uh, but I'd much rather play... I think Mario Odyssey has amazing graphics. Um, that are really, really good. But obviously it's not realistic. But uh, it doesn't need to be. That, that's no. his style, and then it works like that. But I think, I think the phone uh, industry could grow because uh, obviously Nintendo uh, I think Sony as well putting games on there um, and there's now like gaming phones literally designed mm. just to be able to play games on yeah we, we are actually back to as it was before the iPhone now you know the the companies are talking about the Snapdragon processors and how good their cameras are but they didn't like seven, eight years ago, they talked about what you could do with your phone and how you would experience it. And I think they came to, to a point where experience and, uh, you know, experience, uh, experiencing a phone, it, it was impossible to invent new things. So that's why they went back to, you know, hardware numbers. At least that, that's, that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, PC is on the rise. Do you think PC could ever take overtake consoles? No, uh, absolutely not. I, I, I know that PC is the master race, and I know that PC gaming is huge, but I mean, there, there's, there's still times you want to sit on the subway or the bus mm -hmm. or, you know, on top of a mountain and play games, and you can choose... Exactly. Yeah, exactly, and not to mention um, with PCs and all, you have to you have to upgrade all this equipment. Where a, with a console, it's already set up just to play anything for that system. Yeah, and it's optimized. It's optimized mm -hmm. for the Switch. I only had one game crash on me, and it happened yesterday. Uh, I'm not gonna say what game it was um, uh, on the Switch. That is. Uh, on the computer, it happens all the time. So mm. the games are optimized for this hardware and this kind of framework, SDKs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So re regarding if you want to play uh, Elite Dangerous in VR, 
it, it might depend on what graphics card you have, what kind of software you have installed. And if you run into problems, you have to clear everything out and start again. Mm. And that's what I don't enjoy with playing PC games. And not to I mention mean, you can get us not to mention viruses can just corrupt your whole system and completely yeah. ruin your PC. Exactly. You're vulnerable and you know uh, it, it takes so much more. Whereas console games is so simple. You just get a, a system or a game and, and play away. And that's what I enjoy. It's so simple and you know. Mm. I think that's like one of the main reasons why the Oculus Quest is doing so well because it's kind of like a console because um, it's not like attached to a PC. Uh, it's like optimized. It's the price of a console, um, three hundred fifty pounds or four hundred. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, it's doing really well by itself. Uh, I had another point, but I can't remember. I I I think think. Uh, the thing with the quest is um th that's the standalone unit right yeah, yeah it doesn't need a, a pc to run as over the yeah. we we have to think that you know guys and girls that enjoy vr games like uh, skyrim in vr or fallout they probably you know they are among the master race of gamers, right? So they have a pretty good computer. They uh, they get this VR VR system, the Vive or you know the Oculus to play these games. It's just an add-on. But on the other hand, if you want to sell like a VR system, standalone VR system, you're looking at a different market. And I don't think that mainstream market, the the you know everyday Joe. I don't think they will pay like four or five hundred pounds for a system that's so narrow. See what I mean? Exactly, because I, I, I definitely didn't do that with the Virtual Boy, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the market might be ready when Nintendo decides they want to do VR. And they do it like um, contemporary contemporary thing. I don't know if you call it that, but like the Labo, it should be yeah. something like get these glasses and you can play Mario on VR. You know, instead of, of, of focusing on buy this system for VR. Okay, I buy this system for VR. Now what games do I have? So I, I think we need a company that's kind of like mainstream and you know, a cute company like Nintendo to do it instead of a, a tech company going in with mm. this is the, the resolution you have, etc., etc. I mean, I have a PSVR. I think they did something right there because um, it just it's so easy. You can literally just turn it on uh, and you can play in VR, and it runs off the PS4. Um, it's like I think it's a hundred. 20 pounds maybe now for like second hand obviously you still have to get the controllers and stuff but still that, that's really cheap that's because it's going off the ps4 it um, is it's it's a good good like step into vr and i think uh i think they've done the right thing uh, but but you still have you still need the ps4 you, you still need 
it's it's like yeah i don't know <laughs> it's still up a hero at this point yeah exactly yeah i mean for me it's definitely not my main gaming uh, system it's just like a cool gimmick i'd say for when someone comes around and never tried it before just stick this on you can play beat saber or something like that yeah it, it, would you say it's like the kinetic for the xbox like you, you get these sports games or tech demo games where you you play tennis with your body and you play it for a weekend like loads and then you just let it collect dust in your closet mm-hmm. i mean kind of uh yeah because i mean to be fair there's lots of games where like skyrim or games that have lots of replay value but um yeah if you because it is easy to set up but it's still kind of annoying so it's not as simple as just putting it on and doing it you still have to like plug in the cables and stuff so i don't know <laughs> you you also have to think think about the thing with developing these games there are very few games that was developed for vr like you know, a complete experience. Um, usually they're, they're ported or they're more or less tech demos or short games. So you play these games and you think, whoa, this is so cool. And then you get bored of them because they're just maybe too short or too simple. On the other hand, as a developer, it takes much more work to, to do a VR game. But I think when when we start seeing, for instance, say say the next Mario game or the next Red Dead Redemption, if that would be made for VR exclusively and a, a super cool VR experience, then I think we would see a change. Yeah, yeah. I also, mean, no, also not to mention that not only does the development have to change to produce something like this, but you also have to focus more on like the health and different health and safety reasons too. Like playing like a game, watching on your TV is a lot different than playing it strapped to your head because there's always a good chance you can get very sick when it's strapped to your head. Yeah, some yeah, of yeah. these games and and break break your knuckles when you play Beat Saber. I, you know yeah, and I remember when my little brother had played the PSR for the or the VR for the first time. It was dangerous because it was all over the room, not knowing where he was going. He could have tripped over. And the worst part is he nearly punched me in the crotch twice. <laughs> My brother was playing Beat Saber and like every time he swung it, he just went a little bit close to the TV. So he, yeah. he was really close mm. to punching the TV. <laughs> um, but I still think the PSVR is sort of like a side to the PS4. Like, I don't think many people are going to get it like the PS4 just for the PSVR. It's still like a side gimmick. Because you play like those uh, smaller games, like Job Simulator or something like that, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, okay, uh, this is good. Um, do really last long? Uh, where's the good stuff?" Um, but there's not really, really good VR games. Like you have, they're all short, or just like the same game you have with a controller, just you are in the real world. Yeah. Yeah, it's still quite gimmicky at the moment. There's not many like actually good long VR experiences. The 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 best ones are Job Simulator and Vacation Simulator, and yeah. after like three hours, they're just boring. Mm. 
And I, I, I'm not sure you would appreciate playing those games for 40 hours either. Okay. Um, I mean, we have the vibe and it's, it's super fun to play. The, the only game that I really wanted to play for a longer time, that one I couldn't play because it just lagged. And that was the game I talked about before, Elite Dangerous. But I think that that's the type of game you can get into, you know, with a community and, you know, you could play it for tens of thousands of hours if you want to. And I think we need more games like that. Yeah. I mean, Job Simulator is the only platinum I have on the the PlayStation. Um, But uh, it's sort of like how you have this game and you have the same game in VR um, doesn't mean it's better. I mean, have you seen Breath of the Wild in VR? I don't know a single person that'd rather play it in VR than... That sounds scary. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of useless though because it's not in VR as in that you can look around. It's just you're looking in the world. It's, it's kind of gimmicky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Labo VR is literally only useful for Labo... PR games, the ones it's yeah. for. All right. Um, I guess that's the end. That's the end. Yeah, that's all ten, all 10 questions. Hello, everyone. It's post-production me again, with back with the good mic. Yeah, so that's the end of it. We did only have nine questions instead of 10, I think. I can't remember, but yeah, I think we only had nine. Either way, if you do want to send a question for the next episode, anyway, if you do want to send a question for the next episode, send it to thentshow at outlook.com. I've already got the guest sorted, so hopefully that's going to be recorded in a couple of weeks. But yeah, if you're on YouTube, obviously I don't have my new, my usual intro and outro, and hopefully people are watching on the premiere right now. Say hi in the chat if you are, but if you're on iTunes or on Spotify or any other podcast listening service. Obviously, you can't click my other videos. But yeah, either way, guys, I'll see you next time. And thank you for watching.